Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Gaines, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed Mann, and today we are again joined by Joe Watkins. How you doing, Joe? Hi, hi everyone. How's things going, man? Are you uh, interesting life in the uh, Isle of Wight at the moment? Oh, that's all right. The sun's come out. That's bit. true. Uh, yeah, it's been a crazy Easter, a crazy Easter holidays, hasn't it? Where the, I don't know about in the Isle of Wight, but where I'm, I've, I'm at, it's like weather is kind of like it goes from five minutes of uh, absolute sun to then the darkest, like hell is coming over. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, you know, it was really windy, right? And um, on the news, all all over the country, the BBC News is reporting that. On the Isle of Wight at the Needles, the wind the wind got up to 105 miles an hour. Wow. And, yeah, no, but the Needles, right, are just three lumps of chalk sticking up out of the sea. I mean, it's always windy there. It's the middle <laughs> of the sea. And, uh, yeah, all, all these news reporters are saying it like there's people trying to cope with it. I mean, there's not, they're not big enough to stand on. One, one of them's got, like, a, a, a lighthouse um, on it, but I don't think it's used anymore. It's just there for sort of show, you know. So it's um, been fine where you are in the Isle of Wight. It's been fine then. Yeah, I mean it was windy, but not, 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 not like blow you away windy. Well, it means just more time to sit around on the computer, though, doesn't it? You know, you can't get out, yeah. so you might as well, uh, you know, stand on the computer. So, I mean, I mean, speaking about that, so what have you been up to then? What, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Oh well, um, a typed properties RFC. I was going to mention that actually. Yeah, I've, I've got it in the, for the show notes, and I'm just wondering, like you and Phil have been working on that. I know that you a couple of weeks ago you sent it to me, like the idea and everything, and I thought this is awesome. This is like the next. This is the natural progression up from what we already have in PHP seven was to add this in. So I don't know what for the audience. Maybe you don't mind going over like what what's actually going to be included and things like that. Well, so yeah, we've got we've got um, parameter types and return types. So yeah, the next the logical thing seems to be instance properties so yeah you you should be able to type um instance properties like you can return types so any of the scalar types or complex um types and inheritance is works the same kind of way so that um lsps are still uh, respected when you're doing inheritance and yeah this is valuable mostly for objects because most of our objects now are basically a, a list of other objects because <laughs> because of the popularity of things like dependency injection and service location and that we're very very object heavy and because of that we need to write setters and getters because they're the only way to enforce the type because we've got parameter and return types so yeah, the, the property to... itself on the instance can't be validated it has to be yeah, done on the, the methods type, themselves the type, yeah it has to be done via execution of a method, which is not free. I mean, that costs to enter into, especially like for a method with like one instruction, like return this property or whatever. So that's what you end up doing, whereas it would be better if you could just miss out all that boilerplate and type the property directly. And I mean, also, it's that, yeah, it's, it's documentation as well, isn't it, really? Yeah. Because I mean, the amount of PHP docs that is just, oh, this is meant to be this type, now can be actually executable type hints or type, you know. As yeah, but, to... I, mean, 
I mean, one of the problems is, I mean, if you've ever done like anything seriously, um, like big in in and like you've ex- extended bits of, you know, like SPL and that, you'll notice that the manual is extremely un- inaccurate about um the prototype and stuff, and you'll go to extend it using the prototype in the manual, and it will complain and say, this this declaration has to be compatible with that declaration because the one in the manual is just lying. <laughs> Is it just is it just like uh, old documentation then? No, and the codes change over that. time, or no, it's not that. It's when you write user code and you do things like um, set a default value. We can't do that internally. You can't set a default value. So whenever you've read that a parameter's ball and its default value is true, that isn't so. It will treat it like it is when it actually enters the function because of the way it passes parameters. But when you reflect on it, and when during inheritance, which is all you've got during inheritance, when you reflect on it, it, it you can't have default values. It doesn't know about those. So is that is that a, a, like an annoying thing in PHP then, when dealing with the core, is that you can't do this? Well, yeah, because uh, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like it's something, I mean, it's available in Userland. I don't know why it's not uh, available. Is, is that like a technical limitation? or? Well, I mean, not limitation. I mean, it's just... Um, it's a case of we've already got um, the parameter passing happy, and that already deals with it. And it's always just been you've just been trusted to sort of tell the truth in your documentation. But people have then people have then because the documentation is like such a a popular resource. I mean, everybody that writes in PHP has actually read a big section, like large parts of the manual. Yep. That's hardly true about any other language. I mean, people can write in Java for years or, or C-sharp for years and only ever reference a few pages of, of the manual, but that's not so for PHP. And so they wanted to they wanted to have the manual reflect the, um, the way the parameters were going to be dealt with in, in, in the function. But now that we've got actual typed parameters, things are different. And um, no one's actually using them types, but it declares in the manual that they are. And we can't actually change the types of the code internally because that will break everyone's stuff. So um, it's kind of a catch-22. There's yeah, like, it's a very tricky situation to be in. Whatever we whatever we do, some it's going to annoy some at one section of people. So, yeah, the type properties, um, it's basically about... It's, it is about avoiding boilerplate. I mean, that's one of the nice bits. Mo- mostly, it's about... Type safety, it's about knowing that when you read a variable, it is this type, and you don't have to do a null check, and you don't have to do instance of, and you don't have to write, and an additional benefit is that you don't have to write getters or setters, because you can just say it or get it directly. And that's, that's what it's really about. It's not, um, the, the getters and setters thing is just one of the, it's a good example, like, in code, people understand that one line is better than, one line and then a method declaration. That's it. Just boilerplate for it, as you say. Yeah, uh, people get that. But also internally, I mean, in principle, knowing the type of a property allows you to do optimizations. Now we haven't actually done any because we don't have the the equipment. We don't have the um, mechanisms to do that right now. But it is possible. It is possible in principle. So that's like a thing to look forward to. So how, how has it been? What's the reception been like to... Because when you actually posted it, I'm sure you posted it, like sent it to a couple of people first before you, you know, spoke with Phil and stuff. What What's their kind of... Is it just a, a thumbs up from everyone? Well, to be honest, it's quite difficult to understand and the the idea isn't, but the patch is not so easy to understand and only a few people have actually properly read it and understood it. It's been... 
about neutral, I would say. I mean, some people are super excited about it, and some people think it's the end of the world. Um, <laughs> always that way. Yeah, you always it, get two counts, don't you? You get thumbs up and then thumbs down, down, down. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is always that way. There's always there's always some people that think this is the end of PHP as we know it for whatever whatever you're doing. Especially when it's about types, because people don't. Well, know. this is it, because then they go for the whole dynamic typing argument. You're not losing that. everything because it, all the dynamic typing that was introduced for parameters and turn types is exactly the same. Yeah. So this is it's, like, this is just the progression on top. You know, that's been yeah. approved, that's been allowed, and and it makes sense. Like you can still code in the way you want to. You can still use the language as you know you want to as a dynamic language, or you can be more strict. Mm. And being more strict, it does actually reduce a lot of boilerplate and a lot of errors that come across from being, you know, coming out of being so dynamic. You know, yeah. the intention of, oh, I know I'm getting an integer back, as opposed to, well, it could be anything. Um, I've got a, a PHP doc that's telling me it could be an integer, but there's nothing actually from the compiler or the interpreter itself that's actually telling me and enforcing that this would be the fact. The case. Well, like, when I hear people say, oh, well, you've got PHP doc to document the types. Well, yes, you have, but the engine doesn't care about that. That's it. Well, and and, it, and it's, it's, it's as good as external documentation. I mean, I know it's closer to the code and people are more likely to change it and their IDEs are more likely to pick it up and things like that. But it's, it's yeah, it's it's code. It's, it's I mean, it's comments and treating it as code, essentially. Yeah, putting documentation in your code is absolutely fine. But putting code in your documentation is super weird. And... It's not a solution at all. It's a workaround. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not like for all of that stuff, like annotations and things like that. It's great that it works. I mean, um, probably, some of them are probably quite clever, but it's not. A some of them are too clever, I think. You know, when you yeah, get into like the Java worlds and things where that's you're a like, problem. That people is, you know. People don't like magic because they don't understand it and it's difficult to document and explain and uh, keep documentation updated and explanations updated. And so people don't like, people don't like that. They, they don't like magic. But no, that's awesome though. I mean, I'm glad that, you know, this is kind of happening and things. And, and actually one of these, when I was talking, when I was thinking about this, you were saying like, you know, to be able to access the property, um, you know, without the function calls and things, because I guess I've been so accustomed, you know, from the job world and from really kind of to keep your internals private, you know, how you access this thing, you know, you know, like say a getter and a setter just to encapsulate, even if it's just boilerplate, you know, that, oh, it's just setting the value, the name of the thing, you know, which we know already exists. Um, but like things like Python, languages like that, they have things like property accessors and modifier type things where, you know, it allows you to say, oh, you've got this property. How do I get this property? Or how do I set this property? I don't know if you're familiar with that, that concept, like in Python. Someone, it has been RFC'd and it got rejected, property accessors uh, and setters and, get, setters and getters because it was really complicated. And... Well, the syntax or the implementation? Implementation. Of, right. And um, because... By by necessity, um, it's complicated. It was complicated because of the. This was um, PHP five. Um, now, there's a few things to say about that. First of all, Java doing something like the convention that you always provide a setter and a getter and you hide your yep. implementation details. That's good and everything, but in Java, it's compiled, so you can't. It's comparing apples and oranges because. Um, a method call's got a real cost that you can actually measure that makes a difference. Um, so in Java, there's not so much of a difference because you're basically executing the same compiled instructions, unless in the case where you're doing some kind of calculation. But then in that case, you're doing work, so you can swallow, in either language, you can swallow the, the extra cost. But if we're just talking about getters and setters that don't, 
don't actually they're quite take, opaque really yeah. of what they what they do. Yeah. That's a waste of resources. I mean PHP's fast, it's the fastest inter- interpreted language because it doesn't it doesn't have stuff that necessarily wastes resources. So I, I can't really I can't really justify I can't imagine an implementation I would vote yes on at the moment because I don't see the value in in that. Um, I do see the value in, in, obviously I see the value in abstraction, but if it's just a case of this would otherwise be a public property, but in order to enforce some contracts on it, like the type or whatever, the value, I'm going to introduce methods, then that's a waste of resources. Um, and, and it's a more complicated abstraction. Why shouldn't people just access the property directly? If it would, if it would otherwise be public, then why not? I mean, I suppose, I suppose how much, I suppose then it goes into, you know, you, you could access, I mean, it, it also allows you to say, okay, this property is accessible to be set, but you can't read it or probably actually better the opposite way. You can set this variable, but you can't read this variable, you know, and things like this, this um, property and things yeah. like those. But again, that's, um, th- then, like I said, I do see the value in abstraction. That's an abstract, that's, that's abstracting yep. it. But if we're just talking about values, then then it doesn't need to be more complicated than the only thing you're doing with methods is enforcing the type then there's no value in that no um, it just especially now with like if this type properties you know yeah the value now or the you know the type yeah it will be enforced yeah. by other means and that's better i do i do see the value in in um, abstractions and private properties but there's there's a cost associated with it but there's also a value associated with it so it's okay but if there's no value associated with it, then... Yeah, because if it's a dumb t- DTO that you just want to pass around, there's no yeah. point in having getters on, like having getters and setters on that. Because, you know, as you say, like, it's a property, it's, it is treating it almost as an array kind of thing, you know, where you're just chucking it around and you don't really care, you know, as long as it's passing information, it's just a data structure to you. And another thing to say is, obviously, it's not just for public properties that it's useful to verify the type. I mean... Uh, composition over inheritance, but inheritance exists, and we've got to think about that. So um, that that's that's an important way to enforce contracts that you would otherwise enforce with methods. So it's got um, it's got benefits for both um, for both of those. That's got, and is this like so? This is currently in the under under discussion phase. Is is it going well enough to kind of uh, when do you see it going into voting? It's going okay. There's a couple of problems with the patch that have been found today, but probably in the next kind of week or so I'm going to vote in. But I'm not sure if it's going to pass. I mean, maybe we'll have to do it a different way. I don't know. The, the, the alternatives are basically typed Z-Vows, which we've already got, in a sense, in that a Z-Val knows about its type, but it doesn't enforce it. If you pass a parameter into a function and the parameter is hinted as a string, it will verify on the way into the function that it's a string. But if you assign that afterwards with something else, it doesn't care. So type Z vowels would would introduce a way to strictly type a properly. Strictly. What would be the? I mean, yeah, because I suppose what would be the advantage there? Would it be that it is then strict throughout? I mean, yeah, you could have local variables that have got types, and if you know the type information, you can make um, you can make optimizations. Like if you know something's going to be, in it, I mean, a Z vowel is quite big because it's got the union of all the types that it could be. So if you know that it's only going to be one of those types, then you don't need that union. You can just allocate um, enough memory for the actual type as as it's known in C. So it's really 
a lot smaller, like three quarters of the size. Uh, no, one quarter of the size. So that's a big difference. But yeah, that, I mean, that's a, a one reason you would want all variables to be typed. But the problem is with that is it really complicates everything. That's what I was thinking. Like, I mean, surely that is a massive change. To yeah, the it's a, it is a huge change. I mean, um, Nikita said that it probably wouldn't happen before PHP 9, and I agree with that. So. Because it's not just a case of how are we going to actually do it. I mean, we can all think up 10 ways to do it. But how are we going to change all the extensions? How are we going to re-educate everyone about writing extensions? How, it's going to be basically... I mean, you've just done the, the, the change to PHP yeah, 7. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is and the it's thing. Going be, it's going to be longer and more drawn out and more complicated than that. Because when you, when you, cha- when you change things that have been the same for years, th- things were changed for PHP 7, but the, the fundamentals weren't really. Uh, well, no, the fundamentals were, but the theory wasn't. Yeah. Um, it, everything's still copy on write and everything's still ref counted and it, do you know what I mean all well, the theories are the same but the implementation details are different but what we're talking about with type Z valves is not only different implementation details but different theory because the things you can do change uh, like I just said there if, if, if you get a, a parameter from a, a, a function and it's typed um, on the way into the function things change if you can't if you can't automatically accept a Z valve and change its type that changes an assumption that's been the same for 20 years. Yeah, that is quite a huge change. And and so so how does yours work then, your type property implementation? What, what, what way do you go about it? Oh, okay. Well, so objects, and I mean objects, not classes. Um, objects have got a pretty good appy in that you can write extension code that can make your objects do really magical things. Now, it, it can do this because... For object instance properties, it generates certain opcodes to do certain things, like if it's reading if it's reading a property or it's writing to an instance property, rather than using the um, opcode that assigns normal variables, there's a special opcode because you've got to do it in scope and things like that. Um, so this this provides us the opportunity to check the types of variables when certain operations happen on the object, like read and write and fetching and reference and things like that. So that's how it works. It's that simple. Um, but it only, it doesn't work on static properties and it doesn't work on um, any anything else. It only works on instance. But um, that's all you really want. I was thinking that that's that's a win right there. <laughs> yeah, if you, you know. do, if you can do that without changing everyone's, changing how everyone's going to work and changing... And the performance implications there, like, what, what are they? Are there... Is it well, very minor? It depends what you mean. I mean, it depends what you mean. There's more instructions to execute. There's no way that it could be... There's no way that I could honestly say there is no impact. Yeah. But if you're not using them... You're not going to get them. Yeah, you're not going to get uh, any, any problems. The only impact you'll fuck, you you'll, you won't really be able, it will be negligible, like actually negligible. You'll be able to measure it, but we're talking numbers that don't matter because you, you have to check an additional flag. There's, there's an additional branch, but most, if you're not using the prop, if you're not using type properties, you'll skip the whole lot. So that, if, if you're not using them, then you'll feel it a little bit. But if you are using them, it's difficult to say what you mean by impact because if we're, if we're saying, how, how expensive is it to check the type of a Z valve? Well, it isn't expensive at all. Again, it's instruction, so measurable. But if we're comparing it to 
a function term, call. Which is a method, yeah. yeah. If, we're, if we're comparing it to that, then it's far superior. Yeah. And um, if we're looking into the future, um, like I said before, knowing the typing principle allows you to make optimizations that you couldn't otherwise make. So it, it's not unreasonable to suggest that today there's no performance improvement. There might be a negligible performance step, yeah, decrease. Yeah, but in the future, they will almost certainly provide a benefit that would otherwise be impossible. So, That's cool. Well, not impossible, but, well, yeah, more or less impossible. Because you don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that, that's you can it. infer it, but this only goes so far. And... Then, yeah, because then you're working around having to check, make sure that that variable changes, you know, like what it's been used for and stuff. It's, it's uh, yeah, that can only go so far. So actually, interesting with the bench, like kind of that is performance kind of things. I mean, is when you're uh, you know doing say like an RFC like this, are you are, are you checking like benchmarks? I mean, is there benchmarks? Is it something that you you know that you do personally as well as the whole PHP core to make sure you know well, that there is? I write the instructions, so I more or less know what it's going to cost. But we I haven't benchmarked it yet because I haven't finished the patch yet. Yep. Um, that will be done. Also, Intel have got um. A project where they benchmark some open source projects and then they mail your like um, mailing list. So they benchmark PHP every night or something. Um, oh, that's cool. That's very nice of them. <laughs> yeah, that is quite nice. And I mean, it costs them. I mean, it's not not free. They use like pretty good machines and that. I, th- I think they opened a bug report saying that um, they tried to compile PHP on a machine with 116 cores and it didn't work. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, yeah. that's a, that is a very niche uh, market right there. <laughs> yeah, I think that was them, yeah. And then they said they were doing this benchmarking thing. Yeah, so it, it does. It is part of the sort of workflow, but um, I mean, we know in theory what it's going to cost. It's just a matter of ma- making the implementation match the theory. <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, speaking about opcodes and things like that, it actually brings up a, it's a good segue into uh, hacking PHP 7, which was a couple of screencasts um, we did a couple of weeks ago, which I really enjoyed doing. I, I thought they came, you know, we did two parts and I thought they came out really well. Yeah, people like them. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's great because, I mean, you had a really good uh, accompanying um, show, like uh, blog post on, on the topic. Um, and then we did a couple of like p- uh, part one of the screencast was going through a hipster uh, PHP uh, language construct like edition and yeah it was it was really fun that would that went through the whole process of adding a new opcode and things like that and then in part two it was really kind of just this is a random idea let's see an implementation but it really kind of gave I think a good overview of like different ways and different problems that you may be solving and you probably you definitely don't want to be solving like you don't want to be thinking oh this is a good implement like good idea but you know the implementation may be somewhat you know the bits you're touching definitely but you know even some of the implementation specifics may be useful you know to people to learn and stuff so now it was really interesting doing those and i really enjoyed when when you're trying to make like when we're doing this podcast we're just sort of chatting to each other but when we're doing screencasts, I view it as like an educational material. That's it. It's such a different, yeah, it's, it's gone from a discussion to actually something that people are going to go and sit down and want to learn from as opposed yeah, to no, just, yeah. No one, no one wants to watch my screen and watch us babble like we're babbling now. <laughs> I mean, you can listen to this in your car or whatever and it's all right, but um, you, you, you wouldn't want to watch a screen with it, would you? Um, it's just not. It's just not done. So when you're, when you're doing the screencast, I really, I view it more like educational material and it's, um, you can't just sit there and repeat fact after fact and say, and this is what this is and that's what that is. There's got to be a bit of that, 
so that people can navigate around what they're actually doing. But that's not how you get people to have an interest to learn because I there's no screencast long enough for me to sit here and tell you everything I know. And um, if if I said on the, on the blog post, if all of us got together and wrote a massive book with everything we know about everything in it. No one would ever read it. No, that uh, is yes, it, exactly. It's too overwhelming. A one yeah, person would, and that's it. And they probably would, you know. Yeah, it would be an impossible book to read and understand. And um, the best way to learn would still be to just have an interest, have a genuine interest in it. And I think, yeah, I think you need you need, a, you need a little bit of theory, and then you need a lot of application. And, yeah. you know, you need to do it yourself and you need to see other people do application because it's not only the theory behind, you know, oh, these are the places you need to go. It's like how you've tackled that problem, you know, and like where, you know, where you started and what you, you know, what the end result was. The problem people make is, is um, the, the mistake people make, I mean, if I'd be so bold, because I'm a professional at this screencast thing now. <laughs> well, we've, uh, we've knocked it out of the park, you know, at least yeah. three times now. Uh, I think the mistake people make is... We could have we could have done them done them things, and we could have the first complicated subject, say AST. We could have spent an hour talking yeah. about what AST is, and and, and, and only in specific. I mean, it's a general case, and then also specific just to PHP, because you know one of the things you said was ASTs are different for every language. So yeah, it's like a th- it's like a th- But the thing is, you could spend an hour on that, and that's what people do. That that's what people actually do do. They'll spend loads and loads of time talking about the details of one thing that it takes seconds to actually just go and look up on the internet or go to your bookshop and get a book about or, or on your Kindle or whatever. Um, if you're really interested in that part of the subject, then study it more. But if you're not, listen to the next thing and here's what you need to know about it to make it work and, and listen to the next thing. And I think that works much better because in like 45 minutes, that second one, in that 45 minute second screencast we done like four patches yep and we went through them all and everything yeah and explained them all and we chatted about the different details of them and that in 45 minutes and you can't normally you can't normally get one patch in like a two-hour talk when when it's like a live coding like session like that was it's um and i think i don't know i, mean, I don't know if you're like me but i have like a very short attention span and I I like you know like so if if I was just hearing this you know bit after bit theory after theory and I didn't see any application and I didn't see you know in my head oh I can think that has been a problem you know kind of thing and like I want to see like tackle a problem and then when it comes up you know I will then realize oh it's the AST I need to look at and then delve into that when I when you know when I hit that problem as yeah. opposed to oh I need to know everything about an AST at the moment when really you don't like uh, some yeah. patches we had, we had we didn't touch it at all like so what's the point in knowing about that it's not causing that like, it's not solving the problem problem i want to solve yeah you know, and if you're interested in it like the source is right there yeah. and there's wikipedia articles in abundance about every subject that you could possibly mention so i don't see the point in um going into these details because what happens is you you try to explain one thing and then because you're so deep in the explanation you, you've got to, you've got to use some new term that's probably new and then you've probably got to explain that term and then in the explanation of that term, <laughs> there's probably some new term that you've got yep. to explain. And, and it's so just babbling <laughs> for an hour like about this one thing. Infinite loop. Yeah, and uh, that's what tends to happen. And um, I thought we avoided that really well. I mean, even some internals people said they actually learned stuff when they watched that, which I thought was great because like, they're actually around internals and watching. But um, yeah, this it's not um, people don't talk about it. 
firstly, and um, the, the sort of attitude is whenever anyone asks for like documentation, the attitude is like sort of go and read the code. Yeah, which it doesn't help, you know, a beginner who wants just the who wants kind of the big level concepts, you know, who wants just that general overview picture to be able to start delving in. So no, I really appreciate. It. I mean, it was really valuable. I mean, to personally to myself to learn this stuff, you know, and yeah, from other people, I've I've heard some really good stuff about you know people have said, and it's really nice and it's great, you know, that you and you know that we had the chance to do it. So definitely, again, if you've got the time, we can uh, we can do some more when we've got ideas and stuff. Yeah. Um, one, one other blog post actually you did recently uh, this month was the picking an approach, um, and I thought it was a really interesting read actually because uh, you know kind of like that polyglot idea and things, you know, where you know. You can, be, you know, we all consider, you know, pick the right tool for the right, you know, pick the right tool for the job, you know. But as a designer of a language, you know, maybe not thinking that way, and and you don't like thinking that way. You don't like thinking, well, you know, what, you know, what is the scope of this programming language I'm designing? And you shouldn't really have a scope. And you know, you did mention in there, um, you know, obviously this this comes around with the async await type thing. You know, let's see how this goes. You know, when the async await stuff comes up, and I don't know, have you have you been looking into that? Are you like invested in kind of bringing that kind of concept to PHP? Or it's not really a thing I particularly care about. I mean, I care about if the implementation is good, and I'll be looking at that. But um, no, it was just a thing I picked out of a hat because I know it's um, it's, it's going to be a hot topic. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come up, and people are going to say, "Oh, this isn't very PHP." But I just don't think that's a valid argument. Yeah, ugh, co-routines and all that stuff. This isn't PHP, go to go and things like that. Yeah. Um I don't think I don't think um that's a valid argument when people say, Oh, we shouldn't turn it into this language or that's not very PHP or I don't I don't that's not right. PHP's useful because it's good at whatever people are doing right now and that's what we want to focus on. Um, even if it's stuff that we don't do or we don't particularly think PHP is suited for, let's make it suitable for it rather than say, oh, it's not suitable for that. Uh, surely that's kind of your fun- your function. If you're involved, then that's your function. Yeah, you're an enabler. You've got to enable this functionality and allow people to do what they want to do with the language. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing you said to me, I think it was last episode, I think this was kind of brought up and I, you know, I was saying like, you know, is there a scope to the language kind of feel, you know? And it was like, well, PHP came out of a problem that Rasmus was trying to solve in the mid-90s and yeah. it's still trying to solve those, you know, the problem of the current day today, you know, for the for the person who's using it today. So why, why should carried, there be a scope? We've carried some of them problems and we've created some yeah. problems. But fundamentally, we're just trying to be good at what people are doing. And it doesn't matter if we don't personally like it. It just doesn't matter. As long as it's helping the majority. And I mean, actually speaking about then ASIC away, do you, do you mind like explaining to the audience kind of what that is? Because I mean, so you coming from like P threads and things like that, you know, you've got a a lot of extensive background and history with PHP and threading and, you know, co-routines and things in PHP. Yeah, well, okay, so asynchronous code is is code where the instructions for individual tasks are interleaved. Now, we can do this already with um, yield quite... Yeah, using generators and things like that. Yeah. Um, basically, you pass control back from one function to another, and that is that is what actually interleaves the instructions of the function. So that's what we call um, asynchronous. Now, await and um, async are like first-class support for um, asynchronous functions. At the moment, all of the standard library, all of everything, um, assumes 
that you will block. So when you go to write asynchronous code, like one of the with one of these event loops, like a nice kind of React or whatever, AMP is a very good one. You have to you have to yield every few statements, and this is really quite awkward. Um, so that what async does is it gives the length the end is end first class support for um, asynchronous execution, so that it's actually Zend that interleaves the instruction. It's doing the hard work, which is where it should be. Um, yeah, um, basically that's what Threads is, um, but it does it with more than one core. Um, but um, async await does it on one core, but it does it at the level of the virtual machine. So that it's actually Zend that interleaves the instructions. You don't have to do all this yield business. Now, this is very nice. Um, it is very nice. But we do have yield. Um, and I just, I'll, if that comes along, the only thing that um, I'll be concerned about is that is it a good implementation? I don't care if I don't particularly think PHP is very good for that or I think. Uh, you should do something else, or I don't. I don't think anything. But it just doesn't matter if, if I do. The only thing that actually does matter is what the implementation looks like, and because you've got to live with this code. I mean, you're going to be yeah. using this code from the, you know for the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, if it gets merged in. So um, yeah, um, that's what async and await are. And uh, yeah, you just mark a function like where where you have like um, public, static, and final. You put async in there. And the engine knows that it can interleave the instructions in that. And phase. then you would use the wait for when you yeah. want to block and say, oh, "I'm waiting for this to finish before you know." I mean, that that's yeah. interesting because you it, want to resolve the result yeah. of the um, because resolve, yeah, because then you resolve reject it, and that brings in like promises and things like that. So promises and futures, um, you know, because I know that you actually did an implementation of promises and extension which used p threads. Yeah, would that become an, like a first class thing in PHP itself then with this I idea of a taken away? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, that's um, they're more like high-level patterns. That yeah, I mean, they could be, but there would be not really be anything to gain right. from that. The the thing with async and await is, is you can't do that in userland. There's no pattern. I mean, you can with yield, but it's that's what I was thinking. You can use yeah, promise and but it's a bit awkward today. And the fact is that none of our standard library is prepared to be executed like that, and that's what makes it awkward. Uh, but if we have first-class support for that, then there's no excuse. We have to have a, a standard um, streams that all work. Because um, hack, hack already supports this, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I hate it when hack's in front of us. But, um, yeah, it does. <laughs> well, I mean, that was one of the things that came out with, you know, on day one, wasn't it? This idea of a sake and a wait. And, like, do you, have you looked into the, co- the code for how it implements that? I mean, is it... No, because that's a very, very different architecture. I don't know... I, know, I don't know about HHVM like I know about Zend. I know about it, but not in the same kind of way. It's got much more at its disposal because of the features of being able to generate code. Um, so how it does it and how we do it are not really going to look similar, I don't think. So, yeah, that, that's... Um, HHVM does do it, though, yeah, but it won't really look similar. Most of HHVM's not. It's useful for like pushing the search forward, but it's not. You can't like get bits of HHVM and stick it in. HB, it won't work. It's to see if it actually works in practice, and being like, oh, we could then maybe use this. This is a great idea, and maybe maybe the you know the actual construct, like the language design, you know, keywords, etc., and things like that. You know, the way it's been designed is good, but not the actual implementation. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't use any. We use any of the code, but the idea is good, and and the experience that people have got who also work on PHP. 
um, in implementing those things is also useful, um, but not the code. So this this would still be single threaded, um, and it wouldn't yeah. also yeah single you know yeah so, so it wouldn't bring in the idea of what you have in p threads. Um, and it would just it would be what it does like in JavaScript, where you know you're able to have non-blocking actions, um, yeah. and then you're able to pass you know say uh, you know coroutines essentially, and passing control back and things like that, yeah. back and forth between, and that would then give you concurrency, but it wouldn't give you parallelism because parallelism you have to do both at the same time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, which would be really nice, um, nicer than yield. Uh, if someone can come up with the, an implementation that's good, then that's great. I think that's it, isn't it? I mean, you just have to wait and see if someone comes up with an implementation because it does. It sounds like it's great when people ever say, "Oh, it'd be great if we had that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people do agree and they think oh, it's awesome, you know. Because I mean, you have this in languages like Hack, and you have it in like C Sharp, and you have it now in like ES Set uh, two thousand and sixteen. You know, you'll have uh, async away in JavaScript. Yeah, I mean, that's been predominantly though. This kind of happened with type properties. People always complain that. We always say that an RFC has got to come with a patch because otherwise we're just talking shit. Um, and someone had an RFC up for type properties. But the thing is, um, and I'm not, not bashing on them at all. They worked hard on it and it was really well thought about and well written, but they can't write the code and they didn't have an implementation. And some of the stuff they wanted to do is just practically impossible. So that's one of the things you, you, it's all very well just to set about writing um, an RFC, but you, you have to be able to prove that your idea works, and the proof that your idea works comes only in the form of a patch that is actually... Well, because that's the limitation, isn't it? Because the limitations yeah. are from the engine itself currently. Like, it's great you can think of an idea on paper, but in practice, if it doesn't work, yeah, and that's where, you know, you, you apply it. You can do almost anything, yeah. but in practice, you might ruin everything. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, that's, that's, um, that's what happened at the start of the, um, type properties RFC, the guy who wrote the other one said, oh, can we sort of conform to mine? And we had to sort of say, well, no, sorry, but it's just not, po- it's not possible. And that's why we started a competing RFC because we couldn't, we couldn't do it the way you wanted to do it. And that's, you know, and, and there's, um, restrictions on stuff and, and that's because of the way the engine works. Like you can't have references the type properties because you can't track the type obviously um without having type z vowels that's yeah that's another thing for type z vowels yeah. isn't it yeah with the reference yeah. and anyway it seems like a pain in the ass because it means you won't be able to like sort on a typed array but if you if you've got that that kind of um that kind of object where you know you need to sort on on the array then firstly you don't type it and secondly it's probably abstracted anyway. Well, you'd hope it is if you're messing around with a reference of an yeah. array randomly and, changing it. And letting the arrays leak, uh, letting references leak from from your objects is a sign of bad design. So that it stops it, it is there for technical reasons, but I can't understand why people will complain when it's obviously a good thing. Um, so yeah, someone called it spooky action at a distance. That's what it is. <laughs> if, if um, someone takes your variable by reference and then changes the type and changes the value and then you go to use it on the very next line and, and it's you're like, Mwahaha. yeah, and a, and a type error is thrown because they've, they've given an incompatible type. This is extremely strange. So we, we stopped short of doing that for technical reasons, but really good reasons exist to want it to be like that. But a lot of people don't really 
don't really agree with me. But uh, I think it's perfectly obvious, but a lot of people don't. That's life, isn't it? Um, and I, I actually saying that, like speaking about like the kind of any more PHP stuff you've been doing currently? Have you been doing working on any other extensions? Been doing any other changes, like kind of ideas? Oh well, um, no. Um, I just in the last couple of weeks just fixed some bugs in traits and inheritance and things, but not. I'm I'm just working on the type properties thing at the moment, really. But yeah, but there was some pretty horrible bugs and been there since like five something. To do with traits and interfaces and what kind of thing? What kind of thing was going on there then? Oh, it was um, if you had a class that used traits and interfaces and it implement implements interfaces, the order of the opcodes meant that the class wasn't built properly and and it was verified before it was finished building because it goes um, like declare the class, then do the extends bit. And then do the implements bit, and then do the traits, and then bind the traits, and then verify the class. But the classes are also verified when the interfaces are added. Uh, so it meant that it wasn't verifying the right thing. So I moved moved the stuff around so it, it happens in the right order, and that that fixed a couple of horrible bugs that have been outstanding for a while. But it actually, it wasn't very complicated, but it took me days to figure out how to do it. Trying, it, to, tra- trying to track down the bug is the hardest I, part. I knew exactly where it was. I, I, I even posted on the bug report what line they were on. I knew, <laughs> I knew where it was, but when you change something in PHP, you've got to be aware of the 20 years of history behind the line that you're changing. Yeah, there's, there may be reason why it actually is like this, because someone else has thought. And it would seem like, oh, that's wrong, but then you'll do it right, and that's also wrong. And so you have to dig and dig and dig, and it took days to come up with the right. Is there, is there a good? Is there a bit a big comprehensive test suite uh, backed by PHP? Or oh, it's is... huge! Yeah, yeah. There's like over ten thousand tests. Whoa. Yeah, there's huge loads of tests. Yeah. So that gives you some confidence. I mean, obviously, you know, you need to, yeah. you know, manually, but it is. But well, even though it does, I actually did break Drupal eight. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. They, so how, they, how do you do that? Do you, do you have to test then against all these different um, like libraries and things? Do you have like a test suite for that as well? No, or? no their nightly um, continuous integration caught, caught it that night, um, the night I made the commit, and they posted on the GitHub commit saying, uh, you just broke Drupal 8. So, uh, so what, what was actually broken in Drupal 8 then? What, what made that change? The... Just, I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was passing all the tests and it, and it was passing tests that I added, but just PHP is really weird and there's all kinds of edge cases um, that I, I hadn't thought about. So, so doing so, all these like frameworks and things then, they pull it in, obviously they do tests each, you know, and then they'll be, you'll be in dialogue with them. Because obviously they break the biggest use base, user base. I mean, like WordPress and things like this. If that, you know, if that breaks, it's obviously a big deal, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, they they make noise pretty quickly when we break something. I mean, people don't generally break stuff, but this this is not released, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, people do break stuff, especially me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you got to break it to fix it, you know. Sometimes, yeah. you know. One time, I actually nuked a whole branch of PHP. It was gone. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, no, they had to rescue it from Git history. Oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, the, the tales of Git and, uh, you know. But the, the nice Git. thing about Git, though, is you can always redeem yourself. You know, yeah, Git Reflog and... I can't. I just delete the folder and clone it again. <laughs> start again. It's like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. 
Uh, about every six months to a year, I'll learn a new trick with Git, and then... Uh, <laughs> You'll realise then you're like, okay, I've exploited this trick, I now need yeah. to start again. If I can't, if I, yeah, if I can't fix it with one of the tricks that I've learned, I just have to start again. <laughs> <laughs> well, if in doubt, you know, you can always put you know it, it You know what it is? I tried to read an ebook about it, right, but when every other, when every other line is just filled with characters, I can't read it. Yeah, it gets too <laughs> and, much. Yeah, and all the commit hashes everywhere. I just, I can't focus on it. And, uh, and the, some of the commands are pretty counterintuitive as well. They, yeah, I think, yeah. I think they're trying to, I think that it's one of the things make it a bit you've annoying. Think, you've got to think a particular way, and if you don't think that particular way, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, it's like you've got to know. I mean, it, they, I mean, the tool's above it now. Like they've made a lot, but like the actual f- fundamental commands, you know, and things like that, the fundamental, like boilerplate, you know, gen, gen, you know essentially, you know, uh, commands and uh, actions, those haven't changed. It's just the top level where people have, you know, added extra things on. But yeah, you do have to think of like the DAG and all those type of things. And people have complicated it with their usage as well with submodules yep. and submodules. Oh, submodules are the devil. Yeah. yeah. It gets very confusing. I basically blame Android for that. They, <laughs> that's basically their fault. <laughs> Dependencies are a good thing. Because, I mean, PHP is just one repo, pull down, yeah. and that's it. And you've got that everything. Yeah, and there's like extensions around about and like PHP code around about. But yeah, there's one as one repo. You don't have to pull down any submodules. You don't do any of that funky stuff. You no. just have one repo. It'd be so hard. I mean, there is quite a lot of branches, but you've only got to worry about the most recent ones. That's cool, though, man. I mean, it's great talking to you again. Get catching up and you know talking about all the PHP stuff and everything. Um, like, how, how's work going? You've been doing much at work. Anything interesting? Oh, just plodding along, really. Um, there's been some contributions to UOPS from outside. But oh, brilliant! It's... Is how's that going? Is it is it is it slowly making its way to PHP seven compatibleness? Well, yeah, it is, but um, I still prefer I still I still prefer probably removing it removing it from our code base at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean, it is stabilizing. It's getting a little bit better, but um, I think there are probably better solutions to these problems. Yeah, is it, is it something you may have to think about maybe going back to the drawing board completely and thinking again? Oh, no, I, I just don't... I don't um, it would be better just to write code that doesn't need that. And so much better that... Um, if we make it work today, and it probably is doable, but if we, there's not much incentive. If we make it work today, in a couple of years' time, it's going to be totally broken again. And a couple of years after that, it's going to be totally broken again. And that's, it's not sustainable. Um, you can find time to write that stuff, and you can find time to document it, and you can find time to maintain it, but you can't find time to do that whole cycle every couple of years. And when you're, when you're doing that kind of thing, that's what you're looking at. I mean, are you hoping now is the time then to essentially rewrite those tests Sweet, like those test cases, or rewrite the code. You know that actually, you know, is obviously the subject of that is those tests that causes both, it really, both really rewrite tests that don't need to do that, and where where it's forced on them by the code, rewrite the code. Because maybe the value now is in that. You know, there's a better, more incentive in that as opposed to having a, a hack essentially. You know, to kind of try and fix it. I mean, for the last sort of few months now, we have been slowly getting maybe able to run more and more tests, but. At this point, it's like, well, um, it might just be better to just do it properly 
Because um, I know you said that you've got um, like a lot of you've got a lot of little micro, you know, services essentially, or just you know, small services that run in PHP seven and they're running fine. And it's just like one of your your big legacy apps that yeah. still is can't get on PHP seven because of this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they are running it in our, on our development servers, but badly, and we can't deploy it. And, and it's just the future's coming ever closer, ever quicker, and. Uh, it's not sensible to, to lock yourself into a pattern where you've got to redo all this work every few years. And that's like a conservative estimate. I mean, um, PH3 could change majorly at any time. Yep. The stuff in the engine, there is no backwards guarantees about that. None. Uh, that is implemented. Well, especially, you know, a major re- you know release change bump, you've, you've entitled to change it. You know, they're able, well, you know. No, but I mean, even in... Even in um, even in patch versions, see, because none of the um, none of the, Zen, the VM stuff is actually exported. Ah, right, yep. So there's no there's no backward. That's command. just an implementation detail. You yeah, know, it's nothing that's yeah, affecting user land. So we're free to change that even on a patch version. So any time someone could come up with an optimization that means a bunch of work, and then someone could come up with another one, and it's like that's well, kind of scary, actually. Yeah, it's, there's not there's just it's not sustainable. When PHP had been like it, PHP five was like it was more or less in its same form for a long time, like years and years and years. PHP 7 has changed between 7.0 and 7.1. Yep. Um, and I mean, performance is now a very sought-after thing, you know, now as, as well, which, you know, yeah. is probably going to be causing a lot of these issues if, you know, these changes happen. Yeah, and um, it's just not, it's not worth it, I don't think. Um, I hate to feel like I'm letting people down, but because um, I know I know people are relying on it and that, and I'll fix bugs if they report them, and if they put put in pull requests, I'll I'll, I'll uh, well I'll try to fix them, and if they put in pull requests, I'll merge them. But you've got to do you've got to do. Um, I, I use this for my job in the end, and I, I've got to do what um, I think is actually proper. And at this point, it is not it is not reliable. Where is the value? You know, can I can I weigh up? You know, actually spending the time on this. If you just fix the code. Then next time an upgrade for PHP comes out, we don't have to worry about any of this. Yeah, that the problem actually goes away. <laughs> you know, that that there there is no. I haven't solved the problem. You know, it's like you either solved the problem with a band aid or you've solved the problem full stop. Yeah, it's not. It's it? not like um. It's not like I'm fixing it will mean it gives us a bit longer. I mean, the problem goes away completely. It will. We won't have to think about it at all. Which is extremely valuable, and um, I think that's I think that's probably the right thing for everyone to do, even if they don't think it is. I mean, is, is what what's like your people at work think about that? Then is it is it something? Well, we've they discussed it. To? We've discussed it. Um, the guy I work with on this stuff is on holiday at the moment, but we have discussed it, and I've said if you know that if it comes to that, is should we do that? And he's like, yeah, that's what it comes to. We do that. I mean. We're not in any particular rush to deploy PHP seven tomorrow. Because how how much of a boost is it for you as as a as a product? What what you mean in terms of saving money? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, PHP seven actually, like the speed increases and things like that. Like, what what how how much have you got? How much have you gained? Well, have you done benchmarks on it? It would be too early to say yet. Um, it would be too early to say yet. The stuff we've got is not like um, it's not the biggest resource eaters. The, the biggest resource eaters are the leg- the legacy stuff. So we can't say yet. But um, we're not struggling to run with the hardware we've got, and um, there's no, there's not, there's. I mean, there is pressure on us to upgrade, but there's no like pressing urgent need to do it like tomorrow. So if it takes a bit longer and, and we fix the code and we end up with better code, then 
that's better than having to fix it for now and then in you know any amount of time having to fix it all over again. Yeah, that makes complete sense. It's one of those things. It's that's the hard thing, isn't it? It's where you know going down a different path and then think it. You know, going down a path and then realizing, okay, now I may have to backtrack now because it's it served its time, its purpose. But now I need to think of it. You know, you know, maybe the the, the thing that I was trying to run away from is probably the better thing to actually go to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, you got to sometimes say you were wrong, and I was probably wrong. It, I, well, I don't know if you were wrong. I mean, like, at that time, it was working, and you know, it solved the problem. I mean, the thing that I think the yeah, but is- what I mean by I was wrong was that when it came to PHP seven, I should have just said, "Look, the engine's much complicated, much more yeah. complicated now. We've got to focus on performance, which UOPS is incompatible with, really." Yeah, and completely, faster- yeah, stop the, the project there. It's faster than doing the same sort of stuff in Userland, but yeah, I should have left it there. I should have just said, "Look, let's leave it there. I'm not going to do it for PHP seven. We're all going to have to find different ways." And then a lot of people wouldn't have wasted time on it, especially us. But I know that um, I know I know that some other companies have wasted some time trying to get UOPS to work. And that, but is, you don't know until you try. I think that's you know. Well, I mean, it shouldn't really be like that. But because because it was so new, when I actually started making all the changes, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a case of that. And now, um, I. No, in principle, what's wrong with it? But the solutions to it are going to make it so horrible and so fragile. And I uh, don't, I don't. It's not going to be the robust thing that it was for PHP five. And I just don't want. I, I shouldn't have. Um, I shouldn't have gone down this road. I should have just said, let's leave it there. But yeah, you make mistakes. Everyone. It's always tough it. trying to please people, though, and try. You know, you feel bad for like you let you say letting people down. But I, I wouldn't think. You know, I think the trouble is, is that yeah, if it's such a hard problem to solve. Um, and it's, um, it's just a, a recurring problem that's never going to go away. Because um, you're dealing with something that is is fragile and not, you know, and, and PHP Core has not said it won't change. Like it, it's, it's a moving it's target. Yeah, um, um, it is a moving target, and it's difficult to keep up with that. PHP five was so mature that it had slowed down in its progression, and there was only so much more we could do. So when I took the decision to write it in the first place to replace Runkit, which was unstable, it it made sense, but it didn't really make sense to upgrade it for PHP 7 because literally weeks after I'd done it, PHP 7 changed and I had to do loads more stuff. And then more optimizations were done and that restricted what I could do. And then I had to put patches into PHP source because they broke on certain stuff that I could do before. And it was like, well, I probably should have realized then that actually this isn't going to work. <laughs> um, this isn't going to work. This is going to be too fragile. Um, I don't want to. St- I don't want to be the guy who says no. You can't have that optimization because we need to do this in this. Yeah. Um. In this really weird extension, I don't. Want to be- I don't want to do that. No one wants to do that. Yeah, because it shouldn't be that way, should it? Because you know, you shouldn't be dictating where the the core goes on an extension. It's it should be the other way around, always, really. Yeah, but if you if you have got an extension that people use and you say, look, you've broken this, then that really they've got no choice to revert the the change, and um, that's bad for everyone. Um, it would be better by far if um, nobody had to do that. So that's um, probably what I'm going to do now. All right then, Joe. Well, thank you so much, man, again for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's always good having a chat. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to like arrange like you know maybe some other screencasts and stuff in the near future because I think they say they went really well and I think people enjoyed them. Uh, so is there anything else you want to talk about like before we end the show? 
no i'm good awesome all right then audience well it's been great speaking to you again this week um and we'll be back next week for another episode bye bye you've been listening to three devs and a maybe you can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com or follow us on twitter at the number three devs and a maybe <laughs>